1: Big announcement about cutting the price for insulin. It's a shocker how much they're talking about. And then in the meantime, the Supreme Court deciding student loan debt. There is a doubt over whether or not that uh, will, in fact, be a decision that many of the students who are out in front of the Supreme Court with signs saying cancel student debt will be happy with the ultimate decision. Hey, everybody, Kate Delaney. It is not snowing where I live. It's not snowing. But we do have a weird phenomenon happening in uh, in my neighborhood. It is always about the weather or the <laughs> conditions around you, right? It's called red tide. And so red tide is this weird uh, thing that has happened in the in the last couple of years where you have um, this algae this toxic algae that that makes its way into the waters in the in the gulf or in in, in other areas and it causes Problems breathing, you sometimes will be on the beach and you'll see uh, dead fish. And mostly it goes to the south in Sarasota and some of those areas with these blooms. But it's uh, like Anna Maria Island is a place that gets hit, it seems, with it. And a a bloom is considered 100,000 red tide forming cells for every one liter of water. So what that means is all the people that have come to Florida from Minnesota and Michigan and Ontario and Arkansas and places all over, because that's just a it's just a sea of different license plates who are taking vacations or coming down as snowbirds are probably disappointed, but usually that bloom goes away, sometimes within a couple of days or a week or whatever. So, for everybody who's jealous about the warmer weather, don't be, because there are other things happening in the South and in Florida that are being dealt with, and that's a prime example of it. Meanwhile, in California, they're still talking about the snow, and the snow has affected a lot of people. San Bernardino was a place where normally you wouldn't be talking about snow, but we have listeners there, and I actually was sent a few of those photos, and it was—I have to say—it was pretty wild as somebody who lived in California to see some of these areas that got the dusting of the snow, but the cooler temperatures. Yosemite National Park had to close indefinitely because they're buried in 15 feet of snow. I mean, they're working like the Dickens. There's an old one to trot out for you, uh, too cliche, to try to get it open, but there's so much snow. I mean, you can't have people that are trying to drive through that it's it's so many of the areas are just not passable so i think there's some people that are disappointed thinking that they were going to be able to get in there slide in there maybe before the weekend and maybe they still will be able to open in the next couple of days but they couldn't open it as soon as they had hoped they would be able to do that which was on uh thursday because just There's just too much snow, too much of it to make it safe for anyone. And imagine how big that is and and how many areas you would have to uh, clear. Eli Lilly, wow. What are they reducing the price of insulin to $35 a month? What patients pay out of their own pockets for the company's insulin? I mean, they did have this kind of policy in place, but... Lots of people that are diabetic, you know, these diabetes patients, they couldn't afford what just kept getting higher and higher the prices of these in injections. So the announcement is at an interesting time. There's been a lot of pressure on drug companies to rein in this huge profiteering on the backs of people who can barely afford the price of the drugs. So now. The, um, the price has gone considerably down. Where people, in some cases, were paying hundreds of dollars a month, now it's capped, again, 35 out-of-pocket payments. And so how many people does that hit? I think there'd be a big chunk of people. You've got 30 million Americans who have diabetes, more than 7 million of them rely on insulin, and if they don't get insulin, they can die. Or else, they can have an amputation, or even kidney failure. So, and there's no guarantee, even with insulin, what will happen to them. So, so this is a huge news for so many people who were feeling that pressure on what the prices uh, were. You know, they had generics, etc., to try to reduce the price. So, this is this is a uh, a good thing, good news for some for some people in 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 having to be, get these insulin shots, but then is there going to be some kind of regulation to make sure that the company doesn't change its mind eventually and raise the the price? You know, uh, Insulin is cheaper in other countries because governments negotiate prices directly with drug manufacturers, but uh, in the United States, it's a much, much different uh, story. So this is a life-saving product and it's sensitive and it has been sensitive ever since it came about because there are there are just people that absolutely rely on this and um and like i said that's big news that might be the biggest conversation on the day that and what the supreme court is going to do as far as the student loan debt is concerned when you look at the average so i'm just saying the average student loan relief average when you've got people that are paying an average to go to school of 42,000 plus and then having to pay back over 300,000 that was part of the reason that the president wanted to cancel up to 20,000 in student debt for federal borrowers making under 125,000 a year but there was pushback from republicans definitely and some democrats too by the way and a lot of lawsuits to try and and block it so this is a big ruling and it will impact the lives of millions of student loan borrowers including the 20 million that the white house is saying would have their balances completely wiped out so they uh, some students were probably thinking oh You know, I get out, I've got a law degree, I have this degree, I have that degree, and I'm not going to be buried in this debt because they're thinking, they're crossing their fingers that this is going to go through. And, of course, we know the price of college has gone astronomical since decades ago. It's a much different situation than it used to be. But um, the oral arguments have been heard, and just based on some of the comments, it's not necessarily looking good that the court is going to, a uh, rule in favor of wiping out that student debt. You have to wait and see until it actually happens. But if you read the tea leaves and read some of the comments, you know, and, and it's funny because now, and this is data you can find, but for
4: Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. My name is Milan Vukovic. Ten years ago, I got frustrated with the quality of Pau Diarco tea sold in the stores. So, I founded the Pau Arco Tea Club that now ships our Super Tea to over 100 countries. You too can order or get info about the original Pure Pau Super Tea at www.drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. Why settle for less when you can order original Pure Pau Diarco and drink Super Tea for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping? Each pound makes 300 cups, which is the equivalent of 12 cents per cup for the original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea. Order now at www.drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113, that's drinksupertea.com, or by calling 818-965-9113.
1: Tonight in our author's corner, Kavika Miles joins us. He's the author of a book called Saga of the Nine Origins. And it's so interesting when you think futuristically, when you think global government, that's a hint. I'm going to let him take us down the trail of how this was all created. But very interesting to see what he's created here. And again, the saga of the nine. So thank you for coming on, Kavika. Thank you. I, I very appreciate
3: this opportunity.
1: So let's talk about how this was created. How did you get the motivation to write this? How how did you create this?
3: So it started about, it It's been 10 years in the making, more or less. I had the idea when I was listening to one of my favorite bands, they came out with a new album called War, and it just kind of inspired it from there. And it was originally going to be like a, a rock opera but it just, it just slowly changed, and, and as I grew and, and served in the military and just kind of got perspective from the world, it's just my, my the story kind of changed to that, that kind of like global government, as you were saying, and just what that would look like as a dystopian future.
1: So from rock opera to book, tell us about this future that you've created in the book.
3: Yeah, so I, I've always loved how uh, Christopher Nolan has told stories with like Prestige, The Dark Knight trilogy, and he just bounces back and forth, jumping between times. And so I wanted to kind of take that approach here and, and like create a war across time, and kind of in a twenty uh, in the year twenty thirty six. That's the earliest date that this book takes place in. And that's just, that's kind of when you start to see the, the Nine, saga of the Nine, that's when you see the Nine start to create, like, um, come to power. And it's how they come to power. So that's in 2036. And then you jump forward, even further in the, in the future into this unknown dystopian future and following another character named Jax, and you just kind of see how the Nine are holding on to that power. And so, in 2036, you see how how Micah failed his country in stopping the Nine becoming um, coming to power, and then in the future, it, it's just that that ever looming question that all dystopians take: will will the the character save the, the save, save the country, save the people from from tyranny, and will he change the country for the better?
1: So, tell us about Jax. What's Jax like?
3: Jax is just kind of he's a he's a lowly mill worker, just kind of this blue collar worker that just is just going through the motions. Like he's he's in the masses, he's in the the nine to five, so to speak, and he kind of just gets forced into this war against his own will, just by uh, turning a fate with what happens to some of the some of his friends and family, and he ends up just taking that mindless nine to five behavior and just transforming it into this revolutionary individual
1: yeah it's interesting you, you know you talked about Christopher Nolan and liking his filmmaking which I agree with you and if you like that and then you use that and you morph that into something different in, in your book and your experiences shaping this what was the best part about creating this world for you creating this this book
3: I think the best part was just kind of taking an alternative look, maybe not an alternative look, just a different perspective on what the country would look like in the future, and really taking, like. so if we take a, a moment in our current history and just slightly change it, kind of creating that butterfly effect, what that would look like in the future, and then just bouncing around the timelines within that alternative future. Or alternative history, so to speak.
1: Yeah. What do you hope people walk away with when they read your book?
3: Ultimately, like I know dystopians they always have this this warning against like what what the world could look like. Hey, these are just kind of speculative fictions. But ultimately, I just want people to be entertained. I think it's a, a fun, epic story that I'm trying to create. And yeah, I just want people to be entertained, more or less.
1: Perfect. That's the good reason to write a book, so that people get lost in in your world and they are entertained. So, what's next for you, Kavika, and Saga of the Nine? So yeah,
3: Saga of the Nine is just it just I'm, what, what's next is as the title entails. It's a saga. So I have I'm projected. I'm thinking it's going to be four books, and so I'm currently writing book two. Um, it could be more than four. Could be just three that's a trilogy though so I'm like kind of stuck on the four or more thing I feel but um yeah I'm currently writing book two hopefully it won't take 10 years to write but that's uh, that's that's where I'm currently at and, and and yeah
1: so when you write these books I'm curious because a lot of times people will pass things on to friends and and others to, to kind of get their take on it did you do that
3: I did that. Kind of. I had a lot of friends that were really supportive, but then they just want to get back to me and just – they they have their own lives. I didn't want to pressure into anything. So I just really found a good editor and the one that I trusted, and we went back and forth with that. And then I did get some beta readers eventually. But for the most part, I just I found that good editor that I really trusted and um, collaborated with her on a number of different things, and so and, and that that took probably six, seven, eight different um, back and
1: forths. Yeah, to get it right. So you you know you mentioned uh-huh. in the beginning how it took the ten years, and you talked about the military service and and um, whatnot. Did you ever think that you would end up? creating this, coming up with this idea, putting it out there, then being in the middle of a second book and creating who knows how many in the end, four books or even more?
3: Yeah, um, I always, I'm like, I just have a crazy imagination that just does its own thing. and So I, I never really thought, I, I wrote this a while ago as kind of like a rock opera, then a book, and I was like movie screenplay. And so it was just kind of simmering for a long time. I never thought I would have the, the time to do it. But then at some point, I think it was like two years ago, I realized, you know, you got to make the time and carve it out within your schedule if you really want it to get done. And I started writing it, rewriting it. And that's when I was like, oh, this could be really good. I'm going to change some things up and kind of retake that approach. And once I made that decision, it was just kind of go, go for it.
1: Yeah, you had the green light. All right, so entertaining for sure. Kavika Miles, Saga of the Nine Origins. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever great books are sold. Continued success, and good luck on the, uh, the series of books.
3: Thank you so much, Kate.
1: All right, so it's interesting, uh, you know, his mind and imagination and talking about a novel, I'm actually working on a novel right now. It's one that I've been working on for 10 years, so I know what that's like. Even though I've published five books now, this would be the first novel, and I have, you know, gone to friends and had them read things, and then they get excited, and they'll say, oh, what about adding this, and what about adding that? And so it's kind of fun to... To, to do for sure. And I've mentioned this before, but I'm on a hard deadline for Invade the Man Cave, so that's being updated. There was a, a lot of people that were interested in uh, Man Cave, which, of course, is all these sports stories that you really can't find in any book. That's why I wrote that, because I would just see these, frankly, boring encyclopedias that were great for stats, and I have them, like the ESPN Bible, basically, of every stat you can imagine, but they didn't have a lot of stories in them, so that's why I did Man Cave originally, and of course, we have a Man Cave segment on this show, so I'm very, very excited about that, and I sent some stuff out to some friends, and one of them said, oh, if Tom Brady becomes a comedian, are you going to put that in there? (laughs) No. We can talk about all the other stuff, because I just don't see him really taking off as a comedian, just saying. Hey, coming up on the show, a couple of other authors that we're going to introduce you to, including Claudette Betty, her book, Healing from Personal Trauma. Wait till you hear her story and what's happened and and how her life has changed and why she wants to help so many people. And sometimes we'll just flat out give her book out. And then speaking of of helping, uh, Rakshan Syed joins us as well. And her book is Emboldened women unapologetically me and her book is about influencing and inspiring women and girls especially to break the barrier of whatever societal norms dictate and even though the goal line has been moved there's still so much out there that, uh, that you have obstacles. How do you have those conversations? And how do you move up the ladder? And the focus of the book is, is really to encourage women to value their skills and their voice while building their future because that's absolutely what, uh, what she did. So you don't want to miss that conversation. I think it's very powerful, too, as well. In fact, both of them have powerful, interesting stories and both have that heart of wanting to share. Stay with us, I'll meet you on the flip side.
5: Unsure what the balance held,
6: I touched my belt. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
7: USA News Update. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell announced Wednesday that he will step down from his GOP leadership position in November, citing the need for the next generation of leadership. Now it's 2024. I'm not. McConnell stated he will remain in his role until the November elections, but will serve out the remainder of his term, which concludes in January 2027. Hunter Biden has informed House Republicans that his father was never engaged in any of his business endeavors. He testified behind closed doors Wednesday in the Republican-led impeachment inquiry into the president. In his opening statement, Hunter accused Republicans of propagating innuendo and disregarding evidence in their investigation. The Super Tuesday primaries on March 5th could affect Pave the way for a Biden Trump rematch in November. Former President Trump currently holds a delegate lead of 122 to 24 over Nikki Haley. John Schaefer, USA News.
5: Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why Internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatment, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com.
0: Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable dental lifeline network is looking for dentists who can change this dln is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need you can literally change a life when you volunteer with dln's donated dental services program to c1 you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience we handle the details so you can focus on the care Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat, or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit WillYouC1.org to help change one life in your community today.
1: America tonight with me, Kate Delaney. I'm so pleased to welcome to the show. She's in our virtual green room, Claudette Betty. The book is called Healing from Personal Traumas, New Beginnings. And she understands about this. She was in the middle of this. She talks about identifying traumas and how important that is in helping people identifying them. And what a big, big, big Uh, difference that is she worked in the psych arena and now in detox and like i said she certainly knows what she's talking about claudette thanks for uh, joining us on the show thank you thank you for having me so tell me the road to writing this book what was the motivation why'd you write it
6: i wrote it because i um i noticed a, a difference uh i was like 15 years in therapy and um After about 10 years of being in therapy, I really, I noticed a difference in uh, uh, my behavior, my thinking, and uh, my emotions. And uh, I said, wow, you know, I think I'm starting to heal here. (laughs) It's like, um, I wrote an article about healing uh, uh, from uh, traumatic child uh, issues to become a a, a a different person, a healed person. And um, that, that you know, really affected me. And I said, sure, i got to share that with people and uh, let them know that they, they don't have to live in that traumatic state the rest of their life, that they can heal, but it takes a lot of work, and it was for me. And um, I have become a different person, you know, a transformed person.
1: Yeah, which is wonderful. And as you said, it takes a lot of work. You and yeah. I talked off the air, and you told me it was like a ton of bricks were lifted from you. And what a difference. You knew what, it, you knew what it was. So, you know, in the title of your book, you say New Beginnings. So tell us more about the book and what people will learn.
6: Well, um, you know, they will learn basically where I work. I mean, I do a lot of admissions. And what I discovered was that a lot of these uh, clients that I uh, admitted didn't even realize they had been traumatized because it was a, a, like a normal thing. They came from a dysfunctional family, and they just figured everybody was like that. And I did, too. I, I hung around with all people that had a mental illness or, you know, parents were alcoholics and that because it was familiar to me. And uh, I'd like to uh, get people to understand uh, what... Uh, traumatic events, how it affects the body, mind, emotions, and ultimately one's behavior. So I wanted to share what I learned and and how I changed uh, to become a transformed woman from a traumatic child.
1: So you can get the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold, of course. Healing from Personal Traumas, New Beginnings. We're speaking with Claudette Betty. Can, give us a little bit about. Share with us, if you would, a little bit of how do you make that change? And of course, people have to get the book, and they'll be able to go deeper. But give us a, a, a few tools or what works.
6: Well, number one is is counseling. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big thing, you know. Um, but uh, they, they, you know, they they learn the skills. You know, as, you know, basically as a registered nurse and working in the medical field, I mean, I'm a holistic nurse, so I share uh, alternative methods of healing. Uh, I'm a Reiki master and a shaman, so I shared that. And I, I explain um, how I, I um, heal at the different stages. Basically, what I needed to do, and, and was very hard, was to change... Because when you grow up in a dysfunctional home, you're getting dysfunctional uh, uh, negative thoughts, uh, irrational beliefs. And, uh, you know, it affects your emotions and your behavior. So I had to change. It took a long time for me to change my negative thoughts and my uh, uh, irrational beliefs. There are 12 irrational beliefs, and I had every one of them. (laughs) Wow. I had to change that, and it takes time. You know what? When I started to change uh, my behaviors and my thinking, I felt like i was going to jump i was jumping off a cliff, and I didn't know if I would land in the water or on rocks uh it That's how fearful it was because the 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 uh skills that I learned to survive worked for me, and I was scared i mean if I give up these uh you know survival skills. I mean, what's going to happen to me? How am I going to live? So that was the hardest part, really, for me, uh, uh, changing my, my thoughts and my beliefs um, because I, of the fear of, of not being able to survive. I guess that's the best way to explain
1: it. Boy, you know, it's, you think about irrational beliefs, and I guarantee there's so many people, they think it's their fault, they're not good enough. Um, there's just so many things. I, I believe you're so right on that. That people carry around in their head, and it becomes, as you said, it's your armor. It becomes part of your armor. So it's very. It's got to be very hard to shed that, right?
6: Yeah, my therapist told me that I had, <laughs> I had Academy Award survival skills. She didn't know how the hell I came up with those. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But you I had them, it. right? <laughs> yes.
6: I mean, basically, I could dissociate whenever I felt any kind of emotional pain. I could just go away. And uh, it took a long time for me not to do that. It's scary.
1: Oh, I bet. And, you know, disassociation, I think that's way more common than people realize.
6: Yeah. Yeah, they do it un- unbeknownst to them,
1: you know? Yeah. Unconsciously, yeah, it just happens. like, okay, I'm not dealing, I just... I'm just disassociating, and and the other people they're dealing with have no idea. No, no. Wow. Wow. And I mean,
6: there are so many of my clients that have been sexually abused, uh, you know, just going through traumas, and don't they use drugs because they don't know any other way. So I tell you, I give my book away to the uh, clients that come in that are motivated. Only if they're motivated, I'll give them the book. And they they come up and they say they can't believe I went through that and I look as well because uh, I'm 86 and they, they everybody says I look 60 but that's because I got rid of my garbage can you know
1: right right you got to get you got to take out the garbage I, I love that yep. analogy yeah so when people and you're saying it really throughout this when people read your book Healing from Personal Traumas New Beginnings what do you hope they take away
6: I hope that they take away some coping skills that will help them to heal and to not use drugs and alcohol and all this stuff that they take to numb. They're, they're, basically, you're all trying to numb their emotions and their feelings. So they'll use the drug and alcohol because they don't know any other way. So that's basically what I want to share with them. There, there is an alternative. Uh, way to deal with emotions and and to change your behavior. Basically, the big thing is the changing the behavior because it's so common, and it doesn't. A lot of it is is just not effective, you know. So they start with changing negative thoughts, changing irrational beliefs, their emotions. They'll be able to handle the, the emotions with better coping skills, and then they'll change your behavior. So it's it's just a matter of making all those changes, and it takes over.
1: It takes a long time, but you said it at the top of this after you did that um what was life like for you
6: oh god i I got remarried to a, a wonderful man uh I have a really good uh marriage i um I'm a better educator I'm a better counselor. You know, because I experience all these things, so I, I can uh, share uh, some skills with uh, my clients, with people, you know, my family. My daughter is a recovering alcoholic. It took a long time uh, for me to um, get her to understand that she needed help number one, that she needed to make changes in her life, number two, and um. To continue, uh, you know, uh, on the uh, positive path that she developed, while well, she she had been in um, a different recovery uh, places too. So, it, like I say, it, it's just um, a lot of work. You got to be willing to do it, you know. And I, you know, my therapist took me to Antigua uh, to work with a prestigious therapists from around the country. And let me tell you, I I. I, I I had panic attacks. I, I dissociated, you name it, and cried because I had uh, three suicides in my family. So I, I needed to let go of uh, the grief that I felt because I never did. I didn't know how to do that. So they, they allowed me to do it, and they held me, let me cry, you know, helped me to work through it. And I was a different person after I came home from that experience. It was uh, a week. Intensive therapy and uh, that really changed. Yeah, it really made a difference in my life. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well, you give people help. I love that. Claudette, Betty, thanks for coming on.
6: Oh, thank you for interviewing me. Thank you so much.
1: completely down on your luck whether it's your career or just your life do you look at other people and wonder why them not me i'm kate delaney i did it i admit it i've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars i've interviewed over the years like sir richard branson or the late great john madden and i want to share them wanna laugh, wanna learn, want to laugh want to learn what more out of life then pick up a copy of my book deal your own destiny increase your odds win big and become extraordinary get it on amazon today
5: the
7: Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea naturally builds good cells and kills bad cells. So it's great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting an infection, diabetes, or cancer. To order, visit drinksupertea.com or call 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com. 818-965-9113. drinksupertea.com.
8: It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines, instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. We all know something big is coming, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration, Systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to mypatriotsupply.com. Mypatriotsupply.com.
1: introduce you to this author is such a talented woman and we welcome her to America tonight. Boy, in our off-air conversation, I was thinking about this. You know, she got a law degree, interior designer, moved on to technology, really, really has pushed the envelope and, and more. And her book is called Embolden Woman. Think about that. Embolden Woman, Unapologetically Me. Of course, you get the book on Amazon, Apple, Google, Ingram Spark, all those great places. And she's got a website, too. I'll throw it out at the beginning emboldenwomen.com. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me here, Kate. It's
9: so, good to be here.
1: So you are an emboldened woman, and like the title of your book, Emboldened Woman, you're trying to do that. Let's talk about your path and why you wrote the book. What motivated you to write the book?
9: So the main reason I wrote this book is since I was a little girl, I've always had this passion for gender equality. And the way I was raised by my father was there was no difference between a boy-girl Or man, woman, and that's what I saw around me. But then when I started growing up, I started to realize a lot of the world doesn't really see it that way. And that's why I've always had this itch to do something for the women, for the girls. And I'm very passionate about gender equality, girls' education, and women being at every seat at every table. So that's what kind of inspired me to want to write the book. I had all this stuff in my mind, and I thought, what is the best way to communicate this to the rest of the world globally? So that's what started my journey to write the book. And my book is about influencing and inspiring women and girls to learn to break the barriers of the so-called society norms and teach them how to live their life on their own terms without any inhibition, right, with full courage and confidence not being controlled by others' mindsets, but having the power to deal with their own consequences instead of someone else driving them.
1: I love that. So dealing your own destiny. And tell us more. That's great. You told us a little bit about the book there by saying that. How do you break those barriers, those, those norms? And of course, they can get the book and they'll be able to go really deep on this. But give us a little bit of some of the tools that you say that can help with confidence, etc.
9: Yeah, so my, my book, I have broken them into different chapters. Like it starts with the first chapter where you start to analyze yourself, focus on your own mind of, uh, of understanding your own subconscious biases and em- dealing with emotional intelligence, how you see people in front of you, understanding the subtle messages that people pass around for women. A lot of the time, women are not even fully aware of when they're getting discriminated or when they're not being given that equal opportunity, right? So my first chapter is all about opening the minds. And then from there, I get into the thought process of it's always easy to fight one or two people, right? Fighting a mind is easier than fighting the mindset. Then I get into explaining how do you really deal with the mindsets, And I use a lot of real-world examples of myself, my siblings, uh, some friends or people in the community have um, worked with and how they have kind of broken that barrier. So you get some tools in that. And each chapter has like a, a problem statement of what we need to look for, and then I explain the action and how we can be the fighters instead of the victims, and then how we can ma- master those techniques. That's my pattern in each chapter, and I focus on work-life balance, on self efficacy confidence, courage, empowering, and uplifting women. So that's how the chapters weave in. There's a chapter that focuses on how to uh, uh, maximize your uh, opportunity with every failure, right? Failure, Failing is not bad, but how you learn from the failure and move on in life, I hope focus on that, which is not just for women, even for men, but heavily focused on, why society is failing women, how society can get better at that with that agile mindset, have that concept in there. And then I also talk about uh, the talents, the strengths, the power of education for women, why it is so important, and all different ways how different people in different parts of the world fight for that basic right to get educated. And sometimes we who are in discomfort don't take it for granted, but there is a lot we can do as women to support one another help empower and enable each other and that's where each chapter focuses not just on you but how can you be a better support system for others and you don't have to be a celebrity you don't have to be a uh, well-known public figure to help another woman there's always people around us who
1: are examples of that and we can be that as well oh i love that so well said So you have this great father who, it doesn't matter, uh, man, woman, boy, girl, I I mean, yay, what a great atmosphere to grow up in, and, and one where he really allowed you to be you. So you take that, and then you go out into the world, and you said it at the beginning. What was it like for you in the beginning? Tell us your personal journey.
9: So I come from India, and I moved to United States when I was twenty-one. So growing up in India, like I was like uh, growing up in eighties, nineties India as a little child, I was always of the opinion that men and women are equal, just because that's how my family was. Like right? my dad never discriminated, my mom never did. But then I started to realize as I started to become a teenager and a woman, wow, the world not as easy as it used to be when I was a little girl just because I didn't see a lot of things coming. And then when I moved to United States is when I realized no matter which part of the world you are in, the problems facing women are universal. There is different subtleties in how you're discriminated or given the back seat. And that has been my goal is don't shy away from having the conversation when you see that somebody is pushing you around or uh, you know, not letting you be who you are. And to me, my journey started when I was eight. I remember reading in a newspaper one time, uh, women being burnt on for dowry. That's when I told my dad, it just bothers me. What do I do about it? And my father's words were, you can change the world only if you have ability and knowledge to do so. And that stayed with me all my life. I think that was when my journey of this whole empowerment started is, first of all, I need to have that empowerment for myself. And I need to live the life unapologetically if I want to to influence and enhance other women. And since, as a little girl growing up, I think that's been part of my subconscious mind is always to be unapologetic for who I am, live the life authentically, That authenticity is very important for us women. And I feel like my whole journey has been that bit, be growing up in India, going to school, uh, participating in different competitions. Debate was my major uh, focal point as I was growing up because I felt like I'm always having my voice. That belief in your voice is how I've grown up all my life. And then when I moved here to United States, I realized, wow, it's not the same. And then me, I'm a woman of color wearing a hijab. I started my work in a very male-dominant industry. And I started to realize things that I didn't think were easy all the time for women to deal with. But for me, it's all about having the conversation. Instead of feeling victimized or instead of taking a backseat, open up yourself to have and challenge the people and have the conversation. So all my career of 25 years, I have always seeked out opportunities for myself. I have not shied away to have a conversation when I feel like something is not right. And I always tell women, go with your gut instinct. If something is wrong in your gut, you know something is wrong. Don't believe that you have to pretend and just go along with things. So that's how my life journey has been, um, be it in personal life or professional life. Uh, being unapologetically who I am. Not that I don't want to apologize if I make a mistake, but the point is, accept me for who I am. I don't need to change for me, for my authentic self, to please and appease to the world. Uh, And that's how I lead my life, and that's how I'm growing my daughter. And I like to always influence women to think, to always respect their own authenticity.
1: Wow. So as we sum this up and talk about your, your book, and I mentioned at the beginning that, Embolden Women, Unapologetically Me, that you can get it. uh, You can go to the website, emboldenwomen.com. You can go to Amazon. You can go to Barnes & Noble, all of that. And you're saying it. You're weaving this, Rakhshan, in the conversation. But what do you hope that people take away from reading your book, women take away from reading your book?
9: Number one thing is not to shy away from a conversation. Amplifying the voice of women in all aspects of life and have a strong will to make decisions for themselves. And then I'm also wanting to convince the women that education and self-sufficiency is very important. When you take away the dependency on others, you take away the control from them and you have full independence to live your life, for which the two important things are education and self-reliance or self-sufficiency. And that's what my whole book is about, is having the power in your own hand, the destiny in your own hand. And I think that's what I want women and girls who read my book to get from this is that whole value of your own empowerment, it's in your own hands. But to do that, you need to really focus on your education, your self-reliance. But also, there are a lot of tools I talk in the book about how you build your diversity, your inclusion, your subconscious mind assessment as well as how you really understand people in front of you, uh, leveraging some emotional intelligence tactics so that you know how you, who you're dealing with and how you deal with them. So it's all about reaching those voices in your mind and making sure that you're really having a good influence on yourself but also on others around you and be able to enhance and uplift one another.
1: Ah, perfect place to end this, Rakshan Syed. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to this interview and this show. Make it count, everybody. Hi, this is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate. Delaney fan page on Facebook, Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook, or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney, at Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to KateDelaneyRadio.com.